Welcome, everybody, to Save It for Therapy. I am Pastor Sam. My name is Matt Long, and this is episode three of our podcast. We're episode three, correct? Have you heard about this Yes, episode three. And today we will be talking about introverts and extroverts. Awesome. Sam, before we get going, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am an introvert. And I, myself, am an extrovert. So this is kind of a fun topic for both of us because yes. we're the opposite on the spectrum. We are opposite spectrums. Today we are reviewing Twinnings Earl Grey Tea. Ooh, my question, is it Twinnings or Twinings? Because I always thought it was Twinnings. I have no idea. I thought it was Twinnings. I don't know. Someone from this company, please call us. And <laughs> yeah. correct us. Okay, let me just get them on the phone. Hey, are you pronounced <laughs> Twinnings or Twinnings? Uh, so what I'm, I've got the package right here. It's Twinnings Earl Grey. Um, and they're based out of London, England. And the box says, brighten up your day with the distinctive taste and classic aroma of this tea. Now, this is the tea that I drink. It's my regular go-to tea. Well, I mean, I got started with Earl Grey because of Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek. Is that really why you got started drinking this tea? Is because of Picard? Kind of. Because I used to not like Earl Grey tea. I used to just drink black tea and that was it. And I didn't like Earl Grey. You know, I was more of an English breakfast person. And I was like, let me give Earl Grey another chance because, you know, Jean-Luc Picard is amazing. So I should like what he likes, even though I do have more hair than Patrick Stewart does. So funny. Well, one time you didn't because remember we shaved our heads for your graduation? I did, yes. That one time Patrick Stewart had more hair than I did. But that only lasted for like two weeks. Right. Right. That was a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I wonder who had more hair when I had my mohawk, him or me. Oh, I don't know. But you should bring back the mohawk. It was cool. I mean, the short Trinity look you have going on now is pretty cool, too. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, uh, so you started this whole Earl Grey segment because of Star Trek. That's funny. I do a lot of things because of Star Trek. Either Star Trek or Doctor Who. I, I do a lot of things because of those two. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you take your tea, your Earl Grey, uh, straight? Or do you have cream or sugar in it? Well, I know you're only asking this for the people listening. Because you know that I like my tea very plain. I like my tea like I like my men. I do like my tea dark and hot. Josh is neither of those. He's okay. I like my like I like my husband, dark and okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I like my tea like I like my men with honey. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> no, I don't drink anything in my Earl Grey. I if I put sugar in a tea, it's because it's not good tea and I just want to get it down. Mm, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm a purist. What about you, Matt? Uh, so I typically uh, drink my tea, uh, depending on what it is. This Earl Grey, I put some honey in it. Um, mm. If there's no honey, I usually put either uh, sugar in it or a stevia. But I don't have to put too much because I like 
I like the flavor of the tea, but I like a little bit of sweetness that the honey brings out of the flavors. Um, but to take a look at this um, on the master blenders notes, it says that uh, this Earl Grey has a fragrant floral and citrusy uh, notes to it. Do you feel that citrusy note to it at all? Actually, I was going to get to that because I was going to talk about what bergamot actually is. Oh, cool. Go on. Yes. Uh, so bergamot is actually a citrus that's specifically grown, not specifically, but it's commercially grown in Cal Calabria, Italy. It's a hybrid of a sweet lime and a bitter orange. So instead of a bitter lime and a sweet orange, it's a sweet lime and a bitter orange. That's funny. So ironically, I actually looked up when I, I was visiting my family last week in California and we were, I was drinking Earl Grey tea and I was like, oh, it's got bergamot in it. And my mom asked what bergamot was. So it's funny that you bring it up now during the podcast because we did not have this conversation before. I knew we were drinking Earl Grey today, but it was funny because like my mom was like, oh, what's bergamot? And so I just, as Sam described, it was like, oh, it's a citrus. Yeah, weird, right? And I just learned this a few months ago. I did, actually, when I was looking up bergamot on Wikipedia, because that's the easiest place to go and get information, the, the last paragraph was talking about this guy who drank four liters, which equals a gallon, of Earl Grey tea a day, and he had to, like, go to the hospital or something because of, oh, I forgot what it was, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, am I drinking that much Earl Grey a day? But I'm not. I mean, you're close, because I've seen you almost every time of the day you have some Earl Grey in your hand. Right, right. But I added it up and I drink probably three or four cups of Earl Grey a day, which only equals to about a quarter of a gallon. Okay. I would have to drink 16 cups of Earl Grey a day. That seems like an excessive amount of caffeine. Eh, well, I mean, people drink coffee and Red Bulls and Monsters, Rockstars all day long. I'd like to kind of do the math between how many cups of tea would like equal a cup of coffee in caffeine levels depending on the caffeine because I know they're the different like a black tea is the most caffeine and then like a green mm -hmm. tea is a little bit less and a white tea and an oolong and all that stuff but right. I just wonder kind of like the if there was a chart about teas and caffeine level there there is a chart there are some I can't think of them right now but there are some um tea brands that have a chart on the side of their boxes talking about the caffeine levels and how it compares to other teas and coffee. Right. I've, I've seen those before. Uh, so I know we're just starting, but first couple of sips of your Earl Grey, of your favorite Earl Grey, what, uh, what delights you about Earl Grey and what's, what's your thing about it that you really like besides Picard? Honestly, this is my third cup today. So I honestly can't taste much, but if I went a couple weeks without Earl Grey, you know, just that bergamot just hits so well sometimes. And I don't know, it's, it's a rich, full flavor. It does feel like I'm drinking coffee. Minus the bitterness. Yeah, exactly, exactly, minus the bitterness. And I'm one of those people that leaves my tea bag in the entire time I'm drinking it. Yes, you do, and it's so annoying. <laughs> and so finding especially an earl gray or a black tea where it doesn't where it doesn't become bitter by leaving your right. tea bag in for 20 minutes is a really good thing and twinnings twinings doesn't 
have a bitterness to it. And Stash also does not have a bitterness to their Earl Grey either. Yeah. Uh, so the color that we're looking here, Sam was saying, is a bit like coffee. Uh, on the box, it says it's a translucent reddish brown. Uh, so that's kind of why. I also have a lot of black cups, so I don't really know what color it actually is. Oh, gotcha. I have a red Starbucks cup. It's it's definitely has the reddish brown uh, coloring coming out of it. Is it red inside the cup? It looks like it's white inside your cup. It is white inside the cup. Okay. The tea itself is not white, though. Okay. Well, yes. So you have an actual more uh, clear color. Yes. Yeah, mine's mine's completely black on the inside. And uh, I like Earl Grey. Earl Grey is a good good uh, good tea for like middle of the day. I don't know. I just like it drinking it in the middle of the day because it doesn't have the the highest caffeine level, and it's just one of those that's like, I don't know, on a nice afternoon, you just you get a cup of Earl Grey and sit back and relax and do what you're supposed to do, like a podcast or I don't know, read a book or something. Have a cup of a cup of Earl Grey. Yeah, if I go to England and I talk about how much I like tea, they would probably shoot me because I don't put anything in my tea. Yeah, if you're going to go to England, you have to put milk and sugar in your your tea. It's required. <laughs> I don't think it's required, but... Well, but you uh, you want to know why they do that, though? Because they have bitter tea? Well, it's bitter, but they also do the same thing that you do, is they leave the tea bags in. Um, they steep mm. it pretty much all day or just leave the tea bags in uh, the pot while it's brewing. And so when they go to drink it, it's very it's very potent and very bitter. So they add milk and sugar to kind of cut some of that flavor and bitterness down. Yeah, so their tea is more like coffee. Right. Bitter and disgusting. Right, their hot hot leaf juice is bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Hot leaf juice, yes. So hot leaf juice is a reference to, Sam, give us the reference. Avatar, The Last Airbender, Yay. one of my top three nerd things that I do. Yes. And it was yeah. spoken to, uh, it was spoken by the uncle. Uncle Iroh. Uncle Iroh. He always yes. drank uh, hot leaf juice. Well, he always drank tea. And Zuko said, but uncle, it's just hot leaf juice. And he was yes. like, oh, said by a member of my own family. <laughs> Uh, oh, such a good. But I do have a, I do have an Uncle Iroh uh, Funko Pop around all of my tea. So he's like my tea god, my tea watcher. A Funko Pop? What's that? It's the, it's the little uh, plastic things, and they have big heads and little bodies. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, they're Funko Pops. Huh. I mean, I've seen them all around, but didn't know that that was their name. You are such not a nerd. I am, but just different kinds of nerds. They're like the Beanie Babies of the 20s. Oh my gosh. Why'd you, why'd you bring the Beanie Baby reference in? That's, <laughs> man, that's, that I mean, takes me back. I don't know, every junior high and high school girl was like, the Beanie Babies, and you'd go to their yeah. house and be like, I think you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's Funko Pops, just so you know. Yeah, okay, got it, got it. I even have a little keychain Funko Pop of the 10th Doctor, but his body fell off. You need to keep better care of your Funko Pops. <laughs> he's on a keychain. And so when his body fell off, I was like, he's just regenerating. That's okay. That, that's hilarious. That's right, because I, I just, there's a head 
and I just thought it was a head on your keychain because, you know, Sam's a little bit different. Yep. No, that's the 10th Doctor. All right. Actually, he first lost one of his arms, which uh, coincides with the TV show. That Doctor, his first episode, he lost one of his hands. Well, this podcast has kind of gotten off the rail of just talking about tea, and now we're talking about Funko Pops and Doctor Who and uh, The Last Airbender. You can't bring these things up and not expect me to not talk about them. That's why I brought them up, because I enjoy talking to you. <sighs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's talk about introverts and extroverts. So All Matt, right. tell us the basic definition of an introvert and an extrovert. So right now I've got the uh, basic definition of an introvert. So I've got introvert and extrovert. Uh, and these two personality types are opposites. So introverts, like Sam, focus inward into their own thoughts, and extroverts, like me, focus outward into the world. So this uh, definition I'm getting off of vocabulary.com, again, that's vocabulary.com. If you want to look up any kind of word, they're a great we reference to look at. We are not sponsored by them. <laughs> I know, but I just figured I should tell people about <laughs> it. It says, so if we pretend we're batteries, introverts recharge by being alone and extroverts get energy from other people okay well i'm an introvert i also have social anxiety okay which doesn't help and so sometimes i wonder am i being am i an introvert or is my anxiety just too high to be around people like where would i sit on the spectrum if i didn't have social anxiety well i've got a couple things here um actually i've got a little chart right in front of me um and oftentimes I think people are like, oh, I'm an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, but there's also people who have a mixture of both introvert and extrovert tendencies, uh, and they're called an ambivert. So I like to look at more of it of like a kind of a scale or a continuum, because I, I know people who are introverts who just have really do not get along well with others and just want to keep to themselves. They're, they're happy being alone, being in a library, being kind of just, you know, away from other people. Uh, but then I know people who are introverts that like, you know, they like going out with their friends and hanging out, but new people and new experiences kind of freak them out. Where on the other side of things with extroverts, love being around people. But I realized the old, I'm an extrovert through and through. But the older I get, the more I realize that like, oh, I don't just like, you know, I can, I can sometimes feel all alone in a crowd of people. And I am a very big people person. I can concur to that. So I have a list here of some of the tendencies uh, that introverts and extroverts, just some of the characteristics of an introvert and extrovert. I'm going to read a couple of the introvert ones and let, uh, let me know if you identify with these or if some resonate more than others. Um, so for the introvert side, uh, introverts recharge by spending time alone. Uh, they reflect before making decisions. They listen more. Uh, they enjoy one-on-one -on -one conversations. They're often introspective and self-aware. They think before acting. Uh, oftentimes they learn through observation and usually are more sociable with people that they know. Would you say that you as an introvert, are there any of, any of those qualities that kind of pop out to you? Oh yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes, so I don't really remember a lot of what you said, but it did resonate with me. 
Okay. You want to read it again? <laughs> no, but I do know I am very self-aware. Okay. I hate it when people try to tell me who I am. They're like, no, Sam, you're this and this and this. I'm like, no, I am 37. I recognize myself. And so I know what's going on. I don't like everything about myself, but I do know myself. So out of curiosity, um, what do people try to tell you that you are, that you aren't necessarily? I honestly cannot think of any examples right now. Oh, that's helpful. Sorry. <laughs> All right. But I have, been I have been told this a lot. You know, gotcha. people who've known me for two weeks, they try to tell me who I am. And I'm like, no, I've known myself for 37 years, not two weeks. I know who I am. Gotcha. That know that, and that makes total sense. Yeah, I've kind of had to combat a few people in my life kind of coming up and telling me how they think I should uh, be and how they think I should uh, act or speak or how I should present myself in uh, society and whatnot. So I understand that completely. Sorry. Awesome. Uh, can you, Sam, uh, I've got this this extroverts list up I'm sharing my screen with you can you maybe read some of that and ask me about extroverts though yes yes you want me to do the, the interview Woo. so extroverts recharge by socializing they make decisions quickly they speak more they're outgoing they're easily distracted they're action oriented they're gregarious and expressive they're excellent communicators and they enjoy being the center of attention. And I'm Man. pretty sure that's everything you are, Matt. That's hilarious. Uh, because I, I definitely have a lot of these tendencies. Uh, and I definitely, definitely agree with some of those. But I also, I don't know, there's a couple, uh, couple things on the uh, introvert list that I'm, I'm also becoming more as I get older. Because um, mm. the couple that are sticking out to me on the introvert list, me, myself, personally if we're gonna call uh, the extrovert introvert as a spectrum, uh, there are definite moments where I'm, as a person, I'm very introspective. I'm very self-aware. And oftentimes I think before acting, uh, mm. most of the time I have, to, I have to think through processes. Generally, I think about them out loud, but I have to think about those things often before making a decision. Although mm. sometimes on the out, the surface, it looks like, I'm very, I'm very like, oh, he made that decision quickly. And he, I think when thrown into a situation where I need to be a leader or where I need to be in charge of something, I'm very capable of like taking command of the situation, leading people where they need to be led or telling them where they need to go. But on a more bigger, bigger note, people may think that like, so I just moved uh, to Nashville in July uh, during a pandemic. And uh, a lot of people think that, man, that's such a rash decision. And like, why did you do that? And this and that and the other. And they think it's kind of an on the fly situation, where in reality, I had been thinking about coming out here for a long time. So so like my move to Nashville, people think it's very kind of like, whoa, that was so random. When in reality, I was supposed to take a trip out here in early April um, when I was still working as a school teacher to kind of check things out and then COVID hit and I wasn't able to take that trip. I ended up losing, not losing, I don't want to say losing because I wasn't fired, but I wasn't re, I didn't get 
to come back as a teacher because of COVID. And so it was one of those things where all of these things kind of lined up to where I could come to Nashville. And I feel like that was a very thought out process and not just fly by the seat of my pants. Well, I know that you moving to Nashville wasn't a spontaneous decision because you've talked about it for, for a few months beforehand. Right. So just because you don't tell everybody your plans doesn't mean that it's spontaneous. Well, and I think that's what, what I'm talking about, about the extrovert, introvert stuff, is although I, I meet, match a lot of these qualities on the extrovert list, um, mm-hmm. I do have some in, introvert thoughts as I get older, I think. Yeah, for sure. My pastor, actually, he told me he used to be an introvert. You know, you would take the test and the test would say, oh, you're an introvert. But more recently, I want to say maybe a decade ago, recent like that, he said he took the test again and he's more of an extrovert now. So really, you're not necessarily stuck on one thing for the rest of your life. You can learn to become more of an introvert or you can learn how to become more of an extrovert. It can just be very difficult sometimes to intentionally do that. You might naturally flow into becoming more of an introvert or an extrovert. Teaching yourself how to be one, I think, would be very difficult. And I don't think anyone is a strict introvert or extrovert. You know, introverts have their extrovert times, you know, where they're like, I just want to go and hang out with people. I just want to go and be in a big crowd right now. And there are times when extroverts say, I just want to be home by myself right now. Right. So no one, I don't think, is strictly one or the other. And I think that changes. I think those times change. I think I know for myself, I definitely like being around people more than I I don't. And I would, I guess I'd ask the question of on the introvert side, do you like being alone more than like being with people? I definitely like being alone more than I like being with people. Or at least isolated from a bunch of people you don't know. Yeah. See, that's one of the things is that introverts, they are quiet until you get them around people that they know. And then a lot of times introverts who were quiet and shy and kind of standoffish before are now vying for the center of attention. If you get them in a, in a group of friends or yeah. they're, they're loud and sometimes they obnoxious introvertness actually quite becomes extrovertness around familiar people and places I remember the first time I experienced that with one of my friends Um, I'm not going to mention his name but I have a friend from high school and even junior high uh, that I went to church with and just kind of growing up with him he was very he loved being into his books he was kind of shy when you would be in groups and stuff like that and like when you'd say hello, he'd, he'd be greet you and stuff like that and say hi, but he didn't really have a conversation, but more engaging, like he'd be in, you know, the more conversation you talked with him, he, the more he'd engage with you. And I remember one time where that entire thing switched and he became like, we became friends in my opinion at that moment where it was like, oh, a side of him that I never saw. And it was, uh, his mom and dad invited a bunch of friends over. I think it was his birthday. And we had like a big like pizza party. We had a sleepover or something like that. We we're standing at their house. And I remember him, we'd just gotten into like this big like Nerf gun battle. He loved every he loved history and he loved like war and he loved like 
all these different things. Like he loved weaponry and stuff like that. When you opened up about that and started doing some of that stuff, oh my gosh, like we started that, we started that nerf war. <laughs> and he was running around the house and like he would shoot somebody and just like, <laughs> it was, it was just like, we all looked at each other and were like, I don't think I've ever seen this side of him before. And it was, it was amazing because once you, in my opinion, once I connected with him on something that he was passionate about, he would not stop talking about mm-hmm. it. It reminds me of the episode in The Big Bang Theory where Raj finds out he can talk to women when mm. he drinks. Mm-hmm. And then like the next scene is him like, they're like, oh, he's talking. And then all of a sudden he just won't shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to get introverts to shut up if you get them talking. Say like about Star Trek or Doctor Who. Or Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's nothing wrong with that. So, what are some times that you feel more introverty? That's so funny that you bring up that question because I was having a conversation earlier today um, in, a, in a Zoom online meeting where I was talking about. Uh, so, I'm a musician, and I I have my my highs and my lows. So, like when I'm playing a show or playing music for people at a gig, I have this really high moment in my life where just like a bunch of people are around. I'm like, yeah, like, this is awesome. Great. Oh, let's, I want to be around people, 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 people. And then like today has been a weird day because it's, I haven't really seen anybody today. The only interaction I've had with a human was been the cashier at the grocery store uh, mm-hmm. when buying the tea for this podcast. So it's one of those things where for me, it's like, I go from this extreme being around people to like being alone. And it's like, so I go from that weird dynamic or, or op- it has to be people I like or enjoy. Cause there's been times where I've been in groups where I didn't feel accepted within that group, or I didn't feel mm. like I was actually a part of, I was there, but wasn't really a part of the group. I'd rather be alone right now, or I'd be with the group and I'd like wander off away from the group and kind of like walk and just kind of be outside or something like that. And just be away from everybody. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. want to be close. Like, and it was a feeling of like not feeling safe within a group, not feeling like comfortable to be who I am with the people I was around. Right. That actually uh, reminds me, I was at my friend's birthday party one time and she's a decade younger than me. So it was a bunch of younger people, but they were all church people. So there was like no alcohol and it wasn't my church. So I didn't know anybody. So I was in a very introverty place it might have actually been a very social anxiety place also but I wandered off to her room when they were all in the because I'm good friends with her I just wandered off to her room because you know I like her posters I like how her room's decorated I was just browsing through the books because that's what I do and I saw um she was reading a book about introverts one of the questions she kind of wrote in the margins was do introverts belong in the church wow And that actually got me thinking about introvertness, especially in the church. So when I started becoming, studying to be a pastor, I was thinking about all these pastors in my life and, you know, they're outgoing and they engage with people and they have a great stage presence. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, as a pastor, I won't make it as a pastor because I'm not an extrovert. You know, I, I don't really enjoy going and doing home visits. I don't really enjoy 
being around a lot of people. And so it's like, this is something that I need to do as a pastor is become an extrovert. Well, I knew that would never happen. But talking to pastors, they actually told me that most pastors are actually introverts. They become pastors because they enjoy studying and they enjoy telling people about Jesus, but not every pastor goes out on the street corner and evangelizes. No, not every pastor goes and knocks on everybody's door. And so that made me feel better, more sure about my path in life as a pastor. Well, and that's interesting that you bring up um, just the aspect of church, because I, I just being on, on church staffs, different church staffs throughout the years, the question of are introverts include or should introverts be in church? And I think a lot of churches, like I've been on team meetings that have basically said, when somebody comes to the church, they need to be greeted by three people. They need to be mm-hmm. touched. Um, you need to make sure you have a conversation with them. Like if somebody's new coming up, these people need to like at least make an effort to go introduce themselves and stuff like that. And for me as an extrovert, I, oh yeah, okay, cool. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like I... I, I've also been in situations, I was actually in London, and uh, what church was it? It was the, um, but I went into their church, and for me, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, the, the greeting team or whatnot, like, the only reason they were talking to me, and I pointed it out, I was like, you're supposed to talk to me, you're supposed to talk to me, you're <laughs> supposed to talk to me, and then everybody else was kind of like, oh, who's that, you know, I could have showed up and disappeared without them even knowing who I was. Mm-hmm. And as an introvert, if I had three people greeting me, or I can tell that they're being forced to talk to me, I would never, ever go to that church ever again. Right. But my parents are different. They said, well, I don't like this church because I, we went there and no one talked to us. And I'd be like, that would actually uh, encourage me to go a second time if no one talks to me. Like after the first time, I don't want people to talk to me. The second or third time, you know, Hey, how are you doing? And especially growing up, you and I growing up in the church, um, you being a pastor and me uh, just kind of having different roles within the church throughout my life. We also realized that like oftentimes within church, people act a certain way and we Mm. can probably quickly tell when they're being genuine or not being genuine. Kind of the fakeness of some churchiness. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, so I wrote down, Where do introverts, especially introverts, because it's a very extrovert world out there. Right now as an introvert in this pandemic and we're not allowed to get together, I love it because it gives me excuse to not hang around a lot of people. Oh, I can only have five people in my party? Perfect. I don't want any more than that anyway. There's a lot of extroverts out there who are like, oh, I need to be around people, but now they can't. And it's just a flip-flop because before the pandemic, the introverts were like the outcasts. I saw a meme when uh, the, when uh, the pandemic hit that said, introverts have been training for this their entire lives. Yes, we have. <laughs> and extroverts <laughs> are sitting here and like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to, can I hug <laughs> this wall? Um, <laughs> I actually saw a news article the other day that because people can't really interact with each other, that people are going and hugging cows. There's a farm oh that's God. allowing people to come in and like cuddle with the cows. I was like, that's amazing, but also kind of creepy. 
<laughs> so creepy. Who, who came up with that idea? So where do introverts belong in the church? Where do they belong in the entertainment industry? Because you're in the entertainment industry. And then where do they belong in the world as a whole? It's funny that you ask about the entertainment industry because I know a lot of people uh, like yourself, who's a pastor, who's in front of people very well, or like myself as a musician, I know a lot of musicians and a lot of performers and a lot of like TV personalities are great in front of like huge audiences because they've practiced and they're doing their routine or they're studying up really well on something. But then when you, when you get them on stage, they really don't like being around people, not don't like being around people, but like are very introverted. So you'd be surprised how many introverts mm -hmm. are in the entertainment world or are in a position where like of power where they like can be in those moments but when they go home they're like let me cover myself in a blanket and hide <laughs> uh that's actually interesting because I, I wrote down uh, a list of famous introverts about five minutes before we start recording and um michael jordan is an introvert which kind of makes sense because I don't remember a whole lot of scandals with Michael Jordan. So that might've helped his career to just go home and not be around people. I remember the Hanes underwear scandal. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Meryl Streep is also an introvert. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And she's one of the, the great, the great entertainers or the great actresses. I don't know if I learned entertainer, but an actress for sure. Right. But I would, it's funny that you say she's an introvert because like based off of her characters alone, you would have never guessed that. And I guess that's, that's hard with TV personalities because they play a certain role and then mm -hmm. that's not who they really are. Right. Actually, I bet Harrison Ford is an introvert too, because he does not like doing interviews. He has a house in Montana and he just like hangs out in Montana, middle of nowhere, flying his helicopter. Makes sense. And then um, Hillary Clinton is an introvert too, which kind of shocked me because she's in politics. But it said that Bill was the extrovert of the relationship and she's the introvert. So it makes sense that, like you said, you know, I'm fine going in front of a crowd. You know, I've gotten over my, my stage fright. I'm fine going in front of a crowd and saying a sermon. But when I'm in a small group, it's a little bit harder especially if I'm leading the small group and I think that comes down to like being on stage being in front of people giving a speech whatever it may be like usually within that speech or me as a musician like you you've practiced you've prepared you know what you're going to say you have an outline of how you're going to say it what you're going to kind of the topics you're going to cover and then you don't typically have like there's no call and response there's no there's nobody really like asking you questions. There's nobody really saying like, hey, I object yeah. unless, unless you're intentional about like, like, hey, this is a Q and A, <laughs> you know, we're in like, mm -hmm. you're in, in a small group, you can prepare as much as you want or like in a conversation you can prepare or a debate and an argument, you can kind of prepare with some like questions that you think the other person's gonna ask but a lot of the times like you don't mm -hmm. know what's being going to be brought up. You don't know what's going to be said. You don't know what's you're like, mm -hmm. basically you're unprepared 
for the answer because, you know, they can throw a curveball at you and ask a question you might not be answered to. Yeah. yeah. At least that's how I look at it. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely more of a preparedness and not a spon- spontaneity thing. So those, those stand-up comedians, there's some stand-up comedians that can easily riff with the, with the audience because they just always have a comeback. But there's also stand-up comedians where they just go through their thing. They go through their spiel and, and they don't really talk to the audience at all because it would probably mess up their flow or maybe they're just not as great witty one-liners. There's a difference between like having a well thought out joke and then like if you, you and I are talking and I just come up with a fast quib on the spot kind of thing. Mm. Um, okay, so some other famous introverts from this one list that I looked up, I figured there was enough on this list. Um, so like the, a lot of the famous tech guys, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk, they're all introverts. Yeah, but that makes total sense. <laughs> right. J.K. Rowling, she's an introvert. I mean, she's a writer, so right. it's great to be an introvert because you could just sit in your study and just write. Also, Einstein was an introvert, and they say that Rosa Parks was an introvert, too. Interesting. Do you have a list of extroverts, or is that just the default? I don't, but I can find one. <laughs> Extroverts. Everybody else in the world. <laughs> Pretty much. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a, a thing. Like if you because extroverts are usually the people that are in front of people or in the crowds. And here's just a, a couple to name a list of uh, extroverts. Uh, like you mentioned, Bill Clinton is a um, an extrovert. Margaret Thatcher. Mm. Um, Muhammad Ali was an extrovert. Interesting. Um, Winston Churchill. Mm. Uh, here's some actors and actresses that are. Matthew Perry is an extrovert. Tom Hanks. They say that Oprah is an extrovert. I can definitely see that. Yeah. You get a car and you get a car <laughs> and you get a car. I don't know. Do you have anything more to say about introverts and extroverts? I think we kind of covered covered a good topic today. One thing about being an introvert is that a lot of times we're called very snobby or cold or standoffish. Well, you are, so I don't understand. Well, yeah, but some of it with my introvertness, some of that has to do with my <laughs> social anxiety and some of that has to do with me lo- not liking people. Uh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of some kind of some cons to being extrovert maybe like flighty yeah i i often get misrepresented i often get misrepresented as an extrovert uh, as someone who doesn't follow through who's kind of fly by Mm. the seat of his pants people often assume that i don't have a plan uh for my life or just what we're doing people generally often assume that i'm just like because i'm loud Mm. and very people uh people oriented but i'm egocentric that i like like mm. i people think i'm loud and I, and I am loud and boisterous i'll give them that i i'm not denying that but i think within that people are very much like oh well he he doesn't care about anybody else but himself and that's really not true at all i think an extrovert people also don't realize that extroverts can also have depression and anxiety and have mental illnesses because extroverts i I feel put more of a happy face up. And so people don't see the demons that they're fighting. 
Yeah, and I know we've talked about this before, and I can't remember some of our podcasts or not, but uh, the person that always comes to mind is uh, Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, for sure. Being extrovert tendency. And then, oh, by the way, I suffered from depression for many years. You would have never known that based off of his personality. Yeah, so uh, extroverts can also, yeah, they can definitely be seen or just not, people don't take their mental illnesses seriously. Right. Not as serious as introverts. And so for those listening at home, uh, regardless if your friends are introverts or extroverts, I would highly recommend like checking in on them because although introverts can come off like they're standoffish and don't care, they do care and they really want to know your opinion. And extroverts like myself, although we can be very loud and very like commanding of attention, like we do have depression, you know, we do have... Mm -hmm tendencies of being depressed and and not having good days and sometimes I think we don't as an extrovert I don't often know how to sometimes like let people know that because all Mm. they typically see is the happy-go-lucky I think in the world of introverts and extroverts we need to know how to uh, communicate with one another and uh, learn how to appreciate the other even if Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily our style I think with, with our relationship, Sam, uh, that it's been kind of good uh, because there's been moments that like, we, I think we balance each other out well because there's been moments where you're like, where Josh and I would be home and you're like, I'm just going to disappear into the other room for a minute and you guys can do your own thing. <laughs> um, and then just the recognition for me of like when, when an introvert needs space to be self-aware mm. that like, oh, like, like I was at, I was at um, an event the other day and uh, it was late at night and I'm a loud person. And I walked up to this group of people and hi, my name's Matt Long. And this lady sitting down looked at me and I looked her in the face and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm really loud. And she's like, how did you know what I was thinking? <laughs> I was like, because your body language <laughs> said, get away from me. Mm-hmm. And so just to be aware of like, oh, you're an introvert. Like I can respect that. And when you need your introvert time, I'll back away from it. Uh, join us next time, and we will be talking about judgy Christians. Ooh, judgy Christians. I know a few of those. Judgy Christian. Yeah, that's above my pay grade. We're drinking Get Relaxed tea. I swear my mother-in-law drove on a hippie commune or something. We'll disregard that. I would never have known it was there. In lieu of the road roof, can't pronounce that word. What? Never heard of it. Pastor Alicia... Pastor Sam. Save it for therapy. Well, as always, if anything in this podcast leaves you uneasy or unrested, or you just want to talk about your introvertness or your extrovertness, <laughs> save it for therapy. All right. My name is Matt Long. With me is Pastor Sam. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.